Welcome to Success Hackers, Cracking the Entrepreneurial Code, the podcast that's focused on empowering entrepreneurs to find the edge and take their business to a whole nother level. We're peeking behind the curtain to learn entrepreneurial shortcuts and success strategies from the most successful entrepreneurs on the planet. Get ready for mind-blowing entrepreneurial tips with your host, high-performance business coach, keynote speaker, and author, Scott Hansen. Showtime in three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of Success Hackers. This is Scott Hansen, business and marketing strategist, best-selling author, speaker, and of course, podcast host right here on Success Hackers. It's on Success Hackers that we are all about empowering you, our entrepreneurial audience, to help you take your business to entirely new heights. We do that by interviewing some of the most talented and successful entrepreneurs on the planet and then having them share their success strategies and hacks with us. If you haven't yet listened to the last episode, make sure to go back and listen because we had one of the top sales trainers on the planet on the show here on Success Hackers, Jeffrey Gittimer. Not only did Jeffrey share some unbelievable key success hacks and strategies around the sales process, but we also got Jeffrey to sing on the show, which has never, ever been done before, coming from his own mouth. So make sure to check out my interview with Jeffrey Gittimer. Before we start today's show, I want to let you all know that I will be introducing something brand new to the Hacker Nation community at the closing of this show. So make sure to listen all the way to the end. All right, Hacker Nation, let's get down to business. We're about to chat with someone who's built an amazing company based around helping you take your ideas and then packaging these ideas and then getting them out to the marketplace and the masses. Today, our featured guest is Mr. Nick Knight. Nick, are you ready to rock? I am pumped. Yes. Nick Knight is the CEO and co-founder of Revisit, the platform for connected online learning. He is also a speaker and consultant on digital product strategies for many top business leaders, industry experts, and Hall of Fame speakers, and is also the author of Sync, Supercharge Your Business with the Power of Connected Products. In addition, Nick is the host of the Profitability Show podcast. Nick, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Scott. It's great to be here. I really appreciate it. Nick, I gave our Hacker Nation community just a little bit about you and your business, but would love for you to share a little bit more. All right. Well, um, let's see. I, you know, I have a funny way to describe or visit to people. Um, I like to say that it's, it's kind of like if Kindle and Udemy had a baby and then gave it steroids. <laughs> <laughs> so basically everybody understands how the Kindle app works. You know, you have a, you have your Kindle app and inside's a library of, of books, and then when you buy a new book, it shows up in the Kindle app. Uh, Revisit works the same way, so we have our own app for your devices, and inside the Revisit app are all of your digital products that you bought from Revisit, and that's about where the similarity ends. So unlike Kindle, uh, Revisit products are fully multimedia, so they can house video, audio, exclusive download files, you can monetize even like a private web page or a website, uh, and then the creators set their own prices for their products, and they keep 90% of the revenue, which is a big deal when, you know, the other platforms, uh, take, you know, 30 to 70% of the money. Hmm. So, uh, that's, you know, that's some of the ways we separate ourselves, but probably the biggest benefit that makes Revisit different than everything else that's out there is what we call our live connected products. So every product you create 
You maintain a connection with every customer, and you can then add new content, delete outdated information, insert you know special offers, and when you do it, you instantly change every copy in existence. So you can reward your customers with up-to-date information, loyalty offers, and basically products that just keep getting better and better over time. First of all, who is Revisit for? And if you wouldn't mind, actually take us through an experience of using Revisit, letting us know what we could expect by using the service. Uh, well, Revisit is really for anybody who wants to monetize digital content. Um, actually, let me I'll even back that up. You don't even have to monetize it. We have a number of uh, producers and creators on our platform that just want to have a way to distribute content to a specific group, for example. Um, we have associations that use our platform. Uh, one, for example, National Speaker Association uses our platform when they do uh, a big event. And then after the event, you know, they've got all these videos and all these audios from the sessions and things like that. And they package it up into this really cool uh, interactive multimedia product, and they can sell that now to either the public or using another thing on Revisit called whitelisting, they can restrict it so that it's only allowed to be purchased by actual members of their association. So, you know, they can do that. Uh, they can do them both together or separate, um, you know, if they want to make a special price only for certain groups. So there's a lot of uh, ways. We have a, a whole tool set in the back end that lets you do some really, really interesting things. So it's really for anybody who has digital products, whether that's video, audio, uh, written materials, downloads, whatever that is, and you want to figure out how do I get it to my customer or my client in a way that I control that and also, uh, you know, control meaning that they can't just, you know, share it on a forum somewhere or, you know, put upload it to the internet, uh, but also in a way that you can reward that person with uh, continuous updates and making sure they have an evergreen product. Yeah, very cool. So as an example, let's take it one step further. So me being a coach, I come up with maybe a, a video product and it's a six step video series about marketing or about sales or whatever the case is. And I shoot the videos in my office, but then I'm like, well, I don't know what to do with them. You're saying I would give you guys or have access through a code or something like that or through a login. I would now have access to upload these videos, house them under one platform or one spot or one location, and then give someone almost like a membership site where they can access this umbrella, if you will, for where all my products are at? Um, you're very close to it. Yeah. So all the stuff you said, um, up to you produced these videos and now you're going to make a product out of it. And, and right there, you can start to make a lot of really interesting choices. For example, you could take those six videos and just create a six video product, right? So it's a, it's a, it's a product. And when we say product, we're thinking like, um, in the same way a book shows up on a Kindle app. Um, these products show up in the Revisit app. So you'll actually take those six videos and you'll package them. It'll have a nice cover. It'll have a name of the product, you know. It'll be, you know, Scott Hansen's Six Keys to Success, right? And and then you, you know, you'll actually open it like a book, but inside will be a place where it says click here to watch this video, et cetera. But now you could take it to the next step and say, this is actually going to be an online course. I'm just going to take these six videos, that's all, and I'm going to turn it into an online course. Here's how that would work. You would uh, create the product with only one video in it. And when they get the video and they watch it, the next page says, click here to take the test to unlock the next video. So now you're making them engage with your product. You're making them prove to themselves 
that they've learned the material before they're ready to move on to the next step. And so now you can do this, repeat this process for each video. They watch the video. They take the test to unlock the next video. And at the end, you can give them what's you know essentially a final exam to cover all the material. And they take that test. And that unlocks any number of bonuses that you want to give them. Maybe it's a web badge for their website. Maybe it's a, a private consultation call with you or whatever. So you're actually creating engagement and results, what I call impact. You're creating impact for your clients in this way rather than we've all done it. We buy a book and then we maybe we pick out a couple of chapters we read here and there and the book sits around. That's not really creating impact, right? Impact is when you when you absorb some information and actually apply it to your life and actually learn it. So we really kind of facilitate people to be able to take their product and, you know, deliver to a customer in a way that creates impact. So how did you come up with the concept? I know that uh, in taking a look at your bio, you have a very interesting and unique bio and background from being an entrepreneur and other things that you've done. So how did you come up with the concept? Well, it's interesting. I, uh, I, I, I came from my, my point of pain in life, which was, uh, you know, I, I was uh, in the animation and online gaming industry. Hmm. Uh, I was an executive at a number of different uh, small studios here in Hollywood. And around 2009, the, you know, economy collapsed and down with it went a lot of these little boutique studios. So the kind of work that I was doing, you know, I wasn't working for the big, you know, Disney and, and Nickelodeon and people like that. I was working at these boutique studios and and uh, it was really, you know, it was, a, it was a really fun career. I really enjoyed that job and stuff. But then literally like overnight, it just went away. Like these companies just, there were no more and deals were really hard to make and the animation industry took a real big hit. So I knew I had to do something different. And um, and so while I was kind of in that point of pain, um, I had dabbled years before in some online marketing stuff. And I went through, you know, uh, Ed Dale's 30-day challenge. And I kind of knew the basics of online marketing. And I thought, well, you know, I'm making, you know, I make stories. I make games. I, you know, I'm doing all these things. Why don't I just start creating my own products and sell them online? So that was the big uh, aha moment for me of changing the kind of the course of my career. But uh, I started working on the products, and I, I created uh, a line of ukulele kind of training software uh, for people that like to play the ukulele. And when I launched those products, actually, I should say when I launched the first product, because there was only one at the time, uh, it went really well. I had a really great launch, and then very quickly – it was just pirated everywhere, and you'd search Google and you'd see three pages of where to get it for free. It was it was terrible, and I had invested you know some money in getting this you know the the code written and everything and getting it all developed and you know you know how that is. So sure. you invest some money in it, and uh, so I had a good six months run with it, and then I knew it was it was basically going to be dead in the water. And during that time, I had started developing the second ukulele product. Now that was the one that really changed things. So uh, I was working on this idea where you would have um, a, a kind of a database of, of these song sheets. And I thought, you know, how am I going to get this to somebody? I can't just give it to them on a web page because then they'll just, you know, copy the source code. And now they're my competitor, right? So hmm. yeah, how do I control this? Where How can I give it to somebody where they can access it, but they can't just share a password or share the code or, you know, share the URL or all of those problems? And I thought if there was some way that I could have you know, and this is pretty early when apps had just kind of come out. So, you know, you know, apps really kind of hit the scene around 2000, what, seven, 2006, somewhere in there. So it was still really early in the app kind of industry. And, and I was thinking if there was some kind of an app thing where, you know, they could look at this, 
thing, but they wouldn't see the source code and they couldn't see the URL and they, you know, they can't copy and paste it all out and, you know, they can just, it's sort of like view only kind of thing. Uh, and then I kind of came up with a way that that could be done, which is basically cloud technology. If you had something in the cloud and everybody was looking at that instance, right? If I changed it, I would be in effect changing every copy out there. Just by changing the one, I'm changing them all. And that was the light bulb moment for me that just like me, we go, wow, wait a minute. I think this is something really big. And so we started developing the company from that idea. When you look at your business or other businesses around you, what makes some companies thrive while others really get out of the gate very quickly, but then they seem to fold very quickly as well? Well, that's a really interesting question. I I would have to say it's sort of the, the thing that I found that's working so well for us and I, you know, other people like you've had uh, Shep Hyken on your mm-hmm. show as a guest in the past. Uh, he's a, a friend of mine as well, and he's a customer service expert. And we we have many conversations about kind of customer service, and that's sort of a almost become a buzzword now. But I got to tell you, if you take care of your customers, it really sets you apart from everybody else. There's there's just no question in my mind that you know you. You know, obviously, you're going to create some product or service. I mean, look, let's face it. If you're spending all your time on it, you must believe in it. You must think it's got some merit. Um, so let's just assume that you've created something that's worthwhile. But how do you rise above the noise? How do you get it to get traction and stuff? Um, it's really about that customer experience. Like when your customers, when they become your customers, how do you make them feel? And, and how do you take care of them? You know, and we, you know, in the early days of our company, for example, you know, ours is a do-it-yourself platform right you can you build your own company on our platform and you you know you you build your own products and everything you know we give you all the kind of templates and the tutorials and everything but basically we set you free to to build your own thing um we started out um with recognizing that a lot of our people that we invited into the platform were kind of going "Mm, is there any way i could just get you guys to do this for me you know because they're busy they uh, we you know we had a lot of speakers and a lot of people with very niche kind of uh audiences and stuff and for whatever reason, they're just going, look, I'm not a video editor or I'm not a designer. You know, I don't know how to make these things. So we said, you know what? We'll do that for you. And we, we just wanted them to have great products up on our platform. So we actually just started building people's products for them and, uh, you know, didn't charge them anything. We just said, no, yeah, well, let us help you. And we started making these really great products. Well, that led to more and more people coming to me personally for like consulting on their things and different things. And ultimately that actually turned into a whole new division of our company, which we call revisit production services. And now we actually offer that as one of the things that we can do. You know, it's for hire now because obviously we couldn't keep up with the demand, but it was really about giving without any expectation in the beginning that made people just love us and go out and tell other people about us. And it was, you know, it just really helped build it up fast. Hacker Nation, what Nick just shared is one of the cornerstones of building a business. As I coach business owners and entrepreneurs in my own coaching business, one of the things that we stress on is exactly what Nick just talked about, is the customer experience, the customer service experience. And I know a lot of times when we're running and gunning as entrepreneurs and business owners and we get a client, we finally do all this work up front, we get the client, and then we almost forget about the client. We touch base with them maybe once a month or once a quarter just to say, hello, how are you? Here's an email, and that's it. Such a bad move because your biggest cheerleaders are your current clients. And as an example to what Nick just alluded to, literally within about an hour ago, I sent some flowers to my mother on Mother's Day, 
My mother got the flowers, and she's like the the nicest, kindest woman on the planet. And I asked her, I said, how are the flowers? And she, over the phone, kind of gave that, yeah, they're nice, sort of. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? She's like, well, they're okay. And, you know, for all the guys out there, even the gals out there that spend money on flowers and for Mother's Day or for birthdays, it's not cheap. So, you know, spent a lot of money on the flowers. And sure enough, I called the floral company. And this goes back to the customer experience. Now, they could have went so many different ways. And I explained to them, you know, this is what we do. This is how many orders we make throughout the year. We love your company. But I have to tell you, this is not satisfactory. Without even blinking, she said, not a problem. We will get a shipment out of fresh flowers to your mother. We'll even double it. It won't cost you a dollar. Within one hour of me having that conversation, I get a text from my mother with a picture of the floor of the flowers saying, now this is what they're supposed to look like. Thank you so much. Your customers are so important. And I love what you said, Nick, is that the customer experience is arguably one of the greatest things that you have to focus on in your business. Otherwise, you won't be in business two years down the road. That's right. And, you know, and that experience that you just shared uh, with that uh, with that florist, you know, you are now telling people, I mean, I don't know if you want to give them a shout out or not, but, yeah. you know, but that's exactly it. You had this thing and now you want to tell people that story. So you want to make you want to have the impact on your customers that they can't help it. They got to go out and tell people about the great service or the great product. All right, Nick, can you get vulnerable with us for a minute? <laughs> sure. I believe that all high performers and successful individuals look at the F word, failure, differently than most people. They use failure as feedback and course correction. Take us down that hole for a second, Nick. That one time when you failed and you might have even almost wanted to give up, but you actually used that one specific failure as fuel to your success fire. Well, it's really the story that I kind of touched on earlier. Um, you know, it was like, you know, for about, you know, back in the 90s, uh, for about 10 years, you know, I was doing uh, the animation and gaming industry and and it was a really, really fun job. I, I thought I figured out where I want to be. Now, I started, uh, for people who don't know my very unusual story, I started in show business and for you know, over 20 years, I was a magician uh, with a big illusion show traveling all over the world and doing TV shows and all that stuff. That was a great life. But there comes a time when you go, you know what, I can't keep doing this, you know, forever. It was a lot of travel. It was a lot of demand. It was my wife and I performed together. So that was great. But we decided, you know, we want to start a family and, and different things. So we decided we're going to retire from that. And while I was at the tail end of that career, I had started getting some success in the animation business. So I said, all right, I'm ready to take the leap. And I got into the animation business. So now I'm super happy. I always loved drawing. I always loved, you know, creating and things like that. Uh, and things were going good. And we bought, you know, a really nice house. And uh, it, it was really exciting. I was making things. People were telling me how great the things I was making was. You know, it's all that good <laughs> stuff, right? And then, you know, around 2009 or so, you know, the economy just tanked and and the places that I worked, the places that I was known in were just drying up. And people that I knew that were better than me, you know, people higher up on the totem pole were out of work. You know, I knew there wasn't going to be something for me, you know, in this industry, not for a long time. So, you know, I really had to, you know, figure out what am I going to do? Well, also in that year, I became a new father. Right. So we had our son in 2009. So now, you know, and, you know, it's like the year starts off great. Right. And then all of a sudden you just go, what happened? And 
and it was it was horrible. You know, I we, you know I was unemployed. I'm trying to figure out what am I going to do now. You know, it's like a, it becomes a downward spiral because now as you're unemployed, other problems. Obviously, you know, you can't meet your expenses and different yeah. things happen. And you know, and we basically lost everything. Uh, and I remember, you know, waking up and wondering, you know, what the heck am I going to do? It's just so bleak, right? You know, I knew I didn't want to go back to performing. You know, it wasn't really an option for me. You know, and I felt I was a little old for that anyway. You know, at that point in my life, I was, you know, in my mid forties, and I was like, I think I'm kind of done there. So what am I going to do? And you know, and and it was interesting too because one of the studios that I worked for, you know, they had started to have trouble. You know, I, like I should have seen the trouble coming on the horizon, uh, but they kind of kept telling, you know, we can't meet our payroll, but we're going to have it next week. We're going to have it next week. It was one of those things, right? So, at the end of it, they owed me about ten thousand uh, dollars, which at the time was so much money. Yeah. If I could just get my hands on that ten grand, you know, I could, you know, pay some of my mortgage, and you know what I mean. Yeah. And it and it wasn't it wasn't going to come. It, it was gone. You know, the company it was just. It wasn't going to be coming. So at some point, you just go, I've got to accept this is my new reality and what am I going to do? And yeah. and that was the thing. That was the failure point for me was the, the thing that I felt. Well, I don't know if I, I don't know if you can classify this as failure, but what I felt was this. I don't want someone else ever writing my paychecks again. That was the thing that came to me. I remember that moment when I said, this guy owes me money and he's not going to give it to me. And these other jobs that I had are gone and I'm. I felt so, you know, um, beholden to these companies. Like, please, can you just pay me? Can you pay me a little? You know, I hated that. Yeah. And I just, and, and I was like, I don't want anyone else to be in charge of that again. From now on, I write my paychecks. What I absolutely love about Nick's story: number one, it's raw; number two, it's real; number three, it's vulnerable. Nobody goes straight from A to Z, from start to finish on this straight line upwards, up your success mountain without getting kicked and bruised and knocked down. Failure is only part of success. And that's what it is. And the reality of it is, is whether Hacker Nation, you guys are right now mired in all of your stuff and you don't think you can get out. Just realize that every single person on this show, everyone that's been on here that's super, super successful, they've all said the same thing. I failed, I failed again, I failed again. But I kept getting up because I knew that there was something bigger and better out on the horizon. And that was my hope. That was what I was grabbing towards. And that was my light at the end of the tunnel. And sure enough, as long as I kept putting one foot in front of the other, as long as I kept believing, ultimately the clouds did part and the sun did come out. And now they're on the show and they're having all these successes. But there is that moment in your career, in your business, where you are forced with a decision. And all the, the top performers go right they keep going versus turn back and go go back home that's right you know it's it's really the thing about failure for me it's really a means to an end so you know the history books are filled with you know these stories about why failure is such a great educator but you know my advice is if you don't focus on the failure of the goal right so like people look at the people look at the goal they set for themselves and then when they didn't reach the goal it's a failure right if you don't focus on that but rather Focus on the successes of the journey, right? So you can find a way to channel those strengths into new ventures. So everything I've ever done has developed my skill set to be who I am today, right? So when I was in magic, well, when I was up on stage performing on, you know, on stages and television, you know, I, I got confident with being in front of large audiences and public speaking and stuff, which is what I use today. You know, I, I, I'm a speaker and, and I use that today. When I was creating games, I learned software and design skills that are part of my job today, right? So, 
So those things aren't failures to me. It all plays part of my success. So when I look at it through that way, I look at that you're not really failing at anything as long as you keep learning and growing as a person. Nick, as you know, our Hacker Nation community listens to the show for actual success hacks and strategies to help them grow themselves and their business. So this is where we put you on the spot and uh, have you share two actionable success hacks or strategies that you can share with our listeners on how they can perform at high levels in their business. All right. Well, I I thought about this when uh, I, you know, obviously I listened to your show and I saw this coming. And I said, all right, what are the things that I would tell somebody if, if they were to ask me, give me your best hack? So here they are. Number one, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, make sure your customers are your inner circle. And, and I'll explain what I mean by that. So you know how when you get like some extra tickets to the ball game or if you're going to have a big dinner party, you have certain friends that you invite the most often, right? Those are the people in your personal inner circle, right? And when you have a business rather than your personal life, but your business, your customers need to be that inner circle. They're the ones who believed in you enough to buy your product or your service, right? They opened up their wallet and gave you money. That's how they showed that they believe in you, that you're going to deliver. And you need to return that by making sure that they're the inner circle. They get first access to new things. They get the best, you know, they get early access to tickets. They get the best seating at your events. They get exclusive discounts. Anything that you can think of that says, I want to reward you. It doesn't matter that you bought a $1.99 ebook from me. I don't care. You trusted me and to deliver some value to you. And I want to continue to reward you with that. And all of these things are going to make them feel special and appreciated. And most importantly, they're going to become brand ambassadors and they will tell other people about you and they will share things on social media and all of those things. And that directly affects your bottom line. To follow that up, so my second success hack is, and it doesn't matter what business you're in, and I know this is going to sound self-serving on the fact that I have a digital product platform, but I don't care about that, okay? Revisit's one of many great choices you can make to for delivery and distribution. But here's the thing. Have a digital product strategy. There's so many reasons why you need to have this. It doesn't matter if you're a plumber. It doesn't matter if you're a coach. It doesn't matter what you do. Figure out a way to have a digital product strategy because – when you have a digital product, you don't have – first of all, you have something that is essentially air. You're sending you know, air, it hits a satellite, and it lands at your customer's computer. Okay, So from a facilitation point of view, you don't have to go to the post office. You don't have to package stuff. You don't have to have a bunch of boxes in your garage. You don't have any of that nonsense. So have some kind of digital product. And use that digital product as a way to reward customers. So there's, you know, obviously you see it all the time. People say, hey, sign up for my, you know, newsletter or whatever, and I'll give you this free, you know, PDF or this whatever. Okay. So that's, that's part of it. I would say go the extra mile, figure out a way that you can use these digital products as a way to reward your customers. And that's really what we're trying to do at Revisit is to give you that you know, ability to make those updates or push out new content or give them special things that no one else can click on, you know, like that real inner circle kind of strategy. Nick, we are now going to enter the randomness round. But before we do, I just want to remind all the listeners who stay to the very end of the show, I have something I want to bring to your attention. All right, Nick, we are now going to enter the randomness round. It's kind of like putting you on the success hackers version of the hot seat. <laughs> okay. Whatever is the first answer that comes to mind, just let it rip. So, Nick Knight, are you ready for the randomness round? I'm on the edge of my seat. Best advice you've ever received? Um, best advice? You know what? The best advice I ever received was in 1992 when I was still doing magic, 
and I was auditioning for magic assistants for my new show. And I lived in L.A. I was going to do my my uh, auditions just in L.A. And my manager at the time said I should have auditions in L.A. and New York. And I was like, New York's expensive. I got to fly to New York. It's expensive. Like, that's great. Why would I do that? And he convinced me that I should do that. And that turned out to be the best advice because one of the girls that auditioned in New York became my wife. What's a daily habit that you do sometime throughout the day that puts you in a great frame of mind? Uh, this one, this is easy. Um, the thing that I do that I started doing a little over a year ago is I go for a morning walk every morning and I listen to podcasts just like this one. As a matter of fact, this is one of the ones I listen to. Um, I just go out and walk and I have my iPhone and my earbuds in and it's so amazing what it's done for me, not only from a you know health standpoint, but listening to people talk about business and, and their businesses and business ideas. And many, many times I come back and I've got something I want to try and do right away. But if nothing else, it just really gets me pumped for the day. You now own a time machine. I want you to travel back in time to when you were 25 years old again. What advice, <laughs> <laughs> what advice would your current self, knowing about life and business, give your 25-year-old self? My advice is... Quit the rock band and pay attention to computers. Everything's about to change. What's the one trait that you have that's contributed mostly to your success? It's probably, I guess, authenticity. I don't pretend to be somebody I'm not, and I think that makes me, you know, approachable and easy to work with. I get, you know, a lot of people will, you know, hear me speak or, or be in an event or whatever, and, and I hear that a lot that, wow, you're, you know, the same person on stage as you are off and whatever. And I think that's a compliment, but I, I take it as a compliment. So I'd say that's probably what it is. What's a hidden talent that you have that most people may not know about you? My, uh, hidden talent is probably that I'm a pretty good mixologist, uh, particularly when it comes to drinks involving rum. What's one book that you've read that's made an impact on your business? Uh, so probably the book Hooked by a guy named Nir Eyal. I don't know if I'm saying his name right, um, but uh, it's uh, you know it's it's hooked how to build habit-forming products. If you can recommend one social media tool or service to our Hacker Nation community, what would that be? It's uh, Periscope. All right, Nick, you are now officially off the randomness round hot seat. Phew. <laughs> this has been incredible. Thank you, Nick, for your time and also sharing these incredible success strategies and hacks with our Hacker Nation community. Where can our listeners find out more about you and your business? Well, you can find out about me and my podcast uh, at nicholasknight.com. My last name is spelled N-I-G-H-T, like day and night. Um, so nicholasknight.com, you can find out about me. Um, and, of course, Revisit, spelled R-E-V-I-Z-Z-I-T.com. Uh, you can go there. And um, and also on Twitter, I'm at Revisit. Uh, and that's me, uh, the voice of Twitter on Revisit. Hacker Nation, make sure to head over to successhackers.net for this episode's show notes and recap from today's incredible interview with Nick, along with some other really cool new resources we have on the site. When you're on the site, don't forget to hit subscribe so that you don't miss any new episodes. Before we end the show today, I wanted to make you all aware of something brand new. Besides being the creator and host right here on Success Hackers, I'm also a business strategist. And after years of working with small business owners, I've learned that there are only five specific areas in every business where there is a treasure trove of untapped revenue and profits. But here's the problem. For whatever reason, 99% of all business owners know nothing about them, and they're missing a gold mine because of it. 
After I discovered how bad this actually is, I now perform what I call 40-minute business makeovers where I can guarantee to find any small business owner at least 10 grand in their business in less than 40 minutes without them spending one cent on advertising or marketing. Well, now I want to make sure that this is available to you, my loyal Hacker Nation community. So listen, gang, if any of you would like to earn at least 10 grand more this year in annual revenue in your business and every year moving forward, simply go to 40minutemakeover.com. That's 40minutemakeover.com and sign up for your complimentary session. Oh, and by the way, more than half the time when I do these, I actually find business owners more than 50,000 and there's a good chance I can be able to do that for you as well. So if you want one of these available spots for this 40-minute business makeover, grab your spot today by going to 40-minute makeover. That's 40minutemakeover.com. This is Scott Hansen saying thanks again for listening to another episode of Success Hackers. Until the next show, go out and live with passion.